welcome Dr. Shushma Singh this site today in unit 27 dam and displacement we are continuing our topic dams and development background unlike the Mughals the British did not subside construction of wells and tanks moreover heavy land tax did not leave any surplus to invest in irrigation system the new revenue system of the British granted water rights with land titles, thereby legally legitimizing private appro appreciation of water resources. Those without water resources in their land faced regular water shortage, especially during poor monsoons. Privatization of water and land cut into the local system of maintaining irrigation system. The situation in China was worse with the state withdrawing its role in the maintenance of the centralized hydraulic system. The area under irrigation decreased drastically to the extent that only 6.8% of the cultivated acres of in North China was irrigated in 1932. Between 1876 to 79, Asia South Africa, Brazil, Argentina and Morocco reported recurrent drought and famine conditions. Never in the history of the world had famine and drought been registered simultaneously in so many nations. Millions died due to the malnutrition and hunger. Evidently, climate risk is not given by nature but by negotiated settlement. Since each society has institutional, social and technical means for coping with risk of famines or social crises that represent the failure of the particular economic and political system. The occurrence of famines across the Asia, Africa and South America at the same time is not only proof of the effect of colonialism in that it created chronic condition of poverty, hunger and ill health, but also announced the breakdown of local institution systems that usually rescued people from situations of crisis. Dams and in particular large dams gained in popularity in the 19th and 20th centuries. Dams performed two important functions that make them supposedly indispensable in the modern world. 1. They store river or surface water to overcome the inconsistencies in the demand for water and its availability. 2. The differential height between the water collected in the dam in the upstream and the river downstream create hydropower and generate electricity. The dam thus not only provides electricity to industrial units and households but also supplied water for agriculture, industries and mass consumption. Rivers were the untapped resource for harnessing energy. Around 200 dams were built in Britain in the 19th century to provide water to its expanding cities. 
the dams built around the 1900 were earthen embankments and were built on a trial and error basis many of the dams built during this time in the world collapsed the collapse of the jonestown dam in 1889 san francis dam of los angeles in 1900 and the water supply dam of the yorkshire in 1864 killed thousands of people and destroyed entire townships large dams unlike local irrigation system are huge structures and are an outcome of centralized planning that is why almost all large dams are state ventures involving large investments and resources both human and material there are an integral part of the large agenda to harness water resources for economic growth and development the fascination with dams in the united states can be traced to the quest to irrigate the semi arid region in the west in 1902 the famous national reclamation of new lands act was passed to reclaim land in the western united states irrigation projects were seen as a way to turn arid lands into fertile plains which would attract the landless from the east to migrate and settle in the west the west however saw the rise in large landlords who benefited from the patronage of the state subsidies the biggest disaster known in the history of the us is the collapse of the hoover dam in 1931 though the later did not dissuade the faith in the large dams in solving the problem of water and power the former united soviet union ussr was no exception in this regard motivated by the conviction of to build a strong socialist nation dams were viewed as important structures of centralized resource mobilization as in the united states it was a grant state project staffed by numerous engineers officials junior staff and workers damming of river claimed vast stretches of the fertile land and marine life as well as the occupation of hundreds of fishermen following the revolution dam building was an integral part of the mao jiang project of great leap forward large dams to hold fl- flood water made the traditional system of containing flood water through levees and canals redundant hydrologists were skeptical of the enthusiasm shown by the economic planner and their cynicism was not ill placed thousands of dam burst and created conditions of chaos and led to one of the worst known famine in the world china has embarked on a new venture of constructing the three george dam in 1996 
seismologists have drawn attention to the disastrous seismic consequences of building the dam in the region. India too has had its share of involvement with dams. Jawaharlal Nehru's words are quoted ever too often in praise of the Bakhranangal Dam, claiming Big Dam to be the modern day's temples. But Nehru too overcame with his fascination for Big Dams subsequently, as is evident in the following statement. I have been beginning to think that we are suffering from what we may call disease of Gungeticism. In newly independent India, big dams, power centers, factories and industrial units came to symbolize the megaminous presence of the state and its will to build a prosperous and a modern India. Dams were the official solution to generating water resources for industries, irrigation and harnessing energy. The focus was on increasing agricultural production and generating hydropower to fuel industrial production. Interestingly, despite the crores of rupees spent on building large dams, most of the India survives by the exploiting groundwater. Surface water on river cater to less than 10% of the water requirements in the country. The next section analyzes the impact of the dams on development in India, whether large dams facilitate development and, if they do, at what cost, and finally, whether this development was uniform or uneven across classes, castes, and religion. This we'll see in the next lecture. Thanks for listening.